All right, we are back, episode 32 of The Rink Shrinks. Today is a mailbag episode. We got some great questions on a variety of topics, including some crazy parents, changing leagues, playing instruments, and a whole lot more. We even got some voicemails for you, too. All right, Mots, you ready to roll? Let's go. All right, Mots, we are back. Good to see you, buddy. Episode 32, mailbag episode. You ready? Ready to go. Yeah, we got a birthday uh my daughter's birthday, big number one three, teenager. Ooh. Yeah, Maddie Motto. So uh, we get some ice cream and stuff after uh, to to rip into. I love ice cream cake. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you demolish it. It's <laughs> pretty. Uh, gets pretty interesting. That uh, that's great. Happy birthday, teenage years. You guys, are, you you guys are really catching up on the ages here. Getting, yeah, we're going to be empty nesters before you know it. <laughs> But moving along, yeah, things happen quick. I always say, like, you you don't want to wish anything away. Like, we had three in diapers at one point. I don't think Courtney remembers, like, three years of her life. I was playing on the road a lot. and So, but it's, it's great to uh, be around and, and see them grow different phases of their lives. And, you know, Ryan's getting his permit or has his permit, getting his license soon. And so it's it's been been a good time, uh, you know, to be around and, and see all these different changes. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, happy birthday. We, uh, that's great to, you know, speaking of time change and everything, it's been, uh, crazy. Just, you know, we're here. It's the middle of August. What do we got? Uh, you know, by the time this drops, it'll be about August 20th, which is crazy. Kids are back in school. I know some of our Southern listeners, they're already back. Uh, I know my brother and his kids, they're back in Florida starting school up this week. And it really is the, the time flies, like you said. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be getting, hockey season before you know it. Yeah, getting back into the grind. We got a tournament coming up. Um, just a pre-season kind of get together, get the the boys together, and um, so this is Ryan's U16 team, and uh, just local, and get them uh, get them skating, and you know get into some game situations, and then we get practice time, practice schedules out, and we'll get back into it. So we'll have plenty of content to talk about. Yeah, I love that video that we uh, we posted online. They did a great job, but like the mothers just in overload once the hockey schedules get sent to the phone and <laughs> plugging in everything in. That was that that's fantastic. Yeah, I I had I, a similar moment with with Joanna. She's like, "What? We have practiced this," and I'm like, "Oh man, here we yeah, go, yeah. here we go." And then I got a tournament coming up in a couple weeks, and Donnie, uh, our boy Robbie Donovan, called me about playing in the UNH tournament. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're in. Blah blah blah. I'll grab Pat Foley, and he was gonna grab another one of his buddies. And then I look, and I'm looking today. I'm like, oh no, I got a tournament that Friday. I'm like, hopefully I can, hopefully I can pull it off. You know? Yeah. Once the dots start adding up on the calendar, you look. It's you know, some people think it, they could get a little anxiety ridden, but. Once you're in it, you're in it, and you know it's part of your uh, routine. And it's always great to uh, to get on the ice. Uh, like we always talk about taking a break and, and picking your skills, and maybe a tournament here and there. But once you're in the season, it's it's good to get going and, and have a game plan. And I'm pumped to uh, to get going. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what, I was on you, the ice you, actually a couple with a couple of my guys today, which was fun. So that's good stuff. So you, you played uh, in the Fallon Cup, a uh, big yep. uh, golf outing at Wollaston Country Club. Uh, how'd that shake out? 
Yeah, it was a uh, it was good. We, you know, me and my partner Kenny McDonough, we we qualified. We had a good day on on Thursday qualifying. We we qualified with Kevin O'Sullivan, who's an old school legend, BU former BU captain, and uh, we played pretty well. We were two over, so it put us in the uh, the way they see things. They have a champ flight of sixteen and a first flight of uh, 16 and then, you know, second, third, all the way up to fifth. So we're in the first flight in a pretty good position, getting some strokes. Uh, I'm about a 10 handicap. Kenny's about an eight. And, you know, our first match on Friday was against uh, Chris Wagner. And it was funny. KY texted Wags and he's like, the only way that that you beat BY tomorrow is if he gets all banged up the night before. So luckily, Kenny put me on a little bit of a pitch count. Uh, I was ready to go. I was getting some strokes. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was a fun match. It was back and forth. We were up two at the turn. They brought it back to even him and his partner. Uh, let me get his name. Joe Young, he plays out of uh, Sankinesset, which is uh, down the Cape, and uh, good dude. He's a really good player. So we had a we had a blast. And they, like I said, they brought it back to even, and then uh, I was stroking on fourteen, fifteen, no, fifteen, sixteen, and uh, made a couple pars at net birdie. So it was you know. So you pretty it, much took Wags to the wood, which we got to have him on so that he can defend himself. A little yeah, bit. he said it. Come on. He was calling me a sandbagger and all that stuff. I'm <laughs> like, dude, you're a professional athlete. You're <laughs> off all summer. I'm like, I work 90 hours a week. I got more jobs than Mr. Clean. I don't want to hear it. You know, I'm a 10 handicap. I'm lucky I, I could go out tomorrow and shoot a 97. You know what I mean? And uh, so, so yeah, it was fun. You could see the defeat in his face on Fairway Falls, his Instagram and the, uh, <laughs> And when I when I made that was almost a a four three which uh, you know I just tapped it in for the five four he could have given it to me there you knew I was gonna miss that you've seen these myths before and then the next day we played uh, actually a, a Duxbury guy Steve Cahill um, he's oh, buddies yeah. with Joey Callahan that, yeah, yeah. that crew and um, his partner was uh, AJ AJ Manso who plays out of uh, Andover, yeah, Andover Country Club. So, really good match. The kid, um, Steve Cahill, was a stick back in the day. Like in high school, I remember him like Patriot Ledger, all scholastic, dream team guy. You know what I mean? He was he was a stud. He played hockey and base and um, golf at BC High. Really good player. And uh, and his partner AJ was really good too. So, we had a really good match with them. He hit a putt. They were up one on eighteen. He hit a putt like a 30 foot. I was t- saying it was like basically from the pool. Hmm. And uh, there's Ripped no way. Oh, it was for, we both stroked. He made a 4 3. And like I said, we were in a great position. I had like, you know, maybe a 15 to 20 footer, uh, easy kind of two putt up the hill. And he, he banged. He hit this putt. It was like so defeating. And uh, I ended up making a four three, which if I had made the birdie putt, obviously I would have pushed it to overtime. But it was, yeah, it was it was a defeating type putt. But long long weekend. It was probably you know the best for my marriage to not have to go back on Sunday and play <laughs> uh, for a fourth day in a row, uh, potentially playing thirty six holes and be there all day. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that does add up, and uh, you know the the golf definitely can can have be a little bit of a spike in uh, in the the home on the home front when you're 
rolling it for four days so yeah yeah it was good though i saw a uh a buddy billy ryan he i uh, was when i got off the course one of the days i figured one he uh he's had an action shot of you mowing the lawn he says <laughs> uh best 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 lawn guy in america and it was you riding <laughs> i was dying laughing so i got a creeper next to a neighbor creeping <laughs> His little, uh, his little summer summer cottage down there across from you that he, uh, yeah, he's out, he's out playing with the kids and sees you just going. <laughs> I, I love how you do the up and back, and then what do you go side to side? It's it's a little, it's yeah. I get a little, a little passion bit of a, that you show back there is out of control. Yeah, I get a little bit of a game plan. You know, I just try to execute it. You know, get uh, mow it one way and then and then roll it the other way, and it's, it's a nice wiffle ball field. Let's put it that. Yeah, Manny Motto taking care of the yard. <laughs> yeah. I love it. The uh, so good. The I got to give you some credit though. I listened to you. You gave me a great pump up speech about sticking with the driver and yeah, just yeah. staying with it. Like you know, it's a consistent club in the bag. And sometimes you you know you get a little frustrated when you spray one here and there and like oh I'm going to go to the three wood and this and that. But I hit the driver good all weekend. Had good you know approach shots coming in. Obviously, like anything, I, I you know. I sprayed it a bit, made made plenty of bad shots, but I my my good ones far outweighed. But that was my fellow shrink really really helped me out. You gave me a good pump up speech on the way to the course on yeah. Thursday morning. And I I loved it. Yeah, no, I mean I think that's one of your best best clubs, and you know this goes for anything. If if it's one of your best, you stick with it, and if it goes away a little bit, you just got to you know the stick to itiveness to to stay with it, and you know be able to lean on something that you uh you're good at you know like you can you know apply it to hockey too plenty of strengths plenty of strengths absolutely absolutely what do you think uh a couple couple little topics before we get into some questions but this is a couple ones i had for you what do you think about the logos on the jerseys that's uh the big kind of ordeal right now in the nhl uh yeah i mean i don't have a, a a real big issue with it um you know well well it's really what what happens when you put the jersey on and how you play? I mean, like, I'm not like you're you're more the the fashionista, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I should have asked you that question. Yeah, yeah. it's very true. You know, you, um, you say like bugle boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was a big bugle boy guy. Yeah, of course you went right to Bob's. Yeah, Bob's and Randolph. Uh, love it oh that's hilarious i was uh, saying that to joanna the other day and i was like oh bob's used to be right there now it's across the street she's like no it's a furniture store i'm like no, no, it's, no. it was a clothing store yeah that was money that was like my back to school shopping spot but bugle boy was top top of the line yeah and jabos yeah oh that's jabos yeah the i the logos on the jerseys. I remember last year when we talked about it on the helmets. I mean, yeah. I'm just not that big of a fan of it. Um, you're in the NHL. It's not Europe. I mean, I guess something small. Uh, right. I don't. I don't necessarily hate it, but it's some teams' logos I, on the helmets weren't as bad as others. But yeah, the more and more I watch them, like some of the bigger ones, kind of look stupid. But something that's you know a little patch and and you know not standing out too much. I mean, I get it. They, revenue you know, driver revenue know, driver yeah it's I all mean, about the revenues and speaking of revenue why don't we why don't we i mean that's probably a good time to mix in an ad read for us oh yeah absolutely <laughs> uh what do we get up here let me talk about uh franklin franklin they get some great deals right now too especially with uh sticks they've been i'm sorry um 
back to school, back to hockey deals. I saw some laces, some tapes, different things like that. One thing I want to talk about, though, is the black laces with, you know, your white skates is I think it's a bad look. You the black laces that some of the skates come with them. I know. I think it's a no, no. What about colored laces like green and pink? Oh, I think we've talked about this. I know. I, yeah. hate, it. <laughs> I hate it. I just I, think- I, I don't like the black laces with the white with, with the white toques either. I just I'm not yeah. a fan. I'm not a yeah. fan, but you're a traditionalist. Yeah. Well, this uh, ad I want to talk about Franklin Street Hockey. It's back to school time. Uh, and that means it's back to hockey time. Visit FranklinSports.com for NHL licensed street hockey sticks, nets, balls, and now brand new ice hockey gear. Enter code RINKSHRINKS for 20% off street hockey, mini hockey, and ice hockey gear through the end of 2021. Franklin Sports is the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Visit FranklinSports.com and join the fam today. Like I said, you can get you know 20% off those laces and all um, you know different stick handling tools. They got a lot of a lot of great stuff that they've been advertising. So really appreciate everything Franklin's done. Yeah, there was some some great uh, products out there that can really uh, improve your game off the ice. Um, and and now that they have some. Some uh, on ice gear too, as well. So check them out at uh, FranklinSports.com and uh, get your get your gear going. Yeah, twenty percent off always always helps. Save some dough, right, Mo? Mott. That's right, Mo. <laughs> Mo. Dough, that right? was my brother's nickname. Yeah, I like that. Uh, what do you think about the uh, EA Sports cover predictions for uh, for this year? And what what was the first EA Sports game you ever played? Uh NHL, it was Sega. Yeah, me too. Sega was uh, NHL, was it like ninety two. Yeah, where, like, there was like a glitch in the game or something where you could just stuff it. Yeah, yeah. And then you know you fight your buddies if they do it, like or they don't counter. You you have to be able to do it yourself if they did it. You know, right. so you made all these rules, but uh, well, you could go the offside and like cut across. Remember? Oh, that yeah, that one was like was that ninety three ninety three? Oh yeah, and then ninety five was the one timer. Yeah, that was that was good. Uh, we had that in our lounge up there, and we had a big like Sweet Sixteen type or like um, NCAA bracket situation. I lost in the finals. Oh, Never forget. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I would say as far as the the cover, um, Pasternak. Oh, it's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Wow, I like that. I yeah, like that. That's that's a little, you know, thinking outside the box. Yeah, he has like a real personality. Like he's, you know, you could show his like jibs, you know, like all over the place, <laughs> scoring a goal. I, I don't he know. Looks like Carrie from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, you never know. I, I mean, there's that. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, that curse. What was it? The was that yeah, Mad- Madden? That's a Madden curse. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, no curses on the EA hockey. I love the old school Sega. We used to remember, yeah, to blow into the game like if it didn't <laughs> work. <laughs> that was that, that's old school. These kids are never, never gonna, you know, they're never gonna have to deal with that type of stuff. That's for sure. My uh, phone wasn't working, and I, I, I resorted back to the blow into the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it wasn't taking a charge, so I'm like, I right, this always worked. Yeah, it did work. Did it? Did it end up working? It worked for a little bit. Then I had to upgrade to a, a iPhone. <laughs> yeah, you went seven. To the, you went to the iPhone five now. Yeah, oh, that was nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, another prediction I'll give. 
That was a good one with pasta. I really like that. Uh, I'm going to go Kucherov, Stanley uh, Cup champion. Yeah. Um, it's kind of safe, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely safe. I mean, I thought the safest was going to be McDavid. Right, right. Um, you know I mean? McDavid was on in 15 or 16, I believe. Yeah. And then Matthews is after that. I, don't, I mean, I haven't played a video game. Ovechkin, and he was probably on it last year. Ovechkin, Ovechkin was on it last year. All right. Oh. There it is. The pick's in. Let's go with pasta now. Yeah. Pasta. Oh, yeah. Pasta would be a good one. He's fun to watch. Um, He's awesome. He's awesome. Um, all right. You ready to get into these questions? We got a few. Or actually, we, Mots, I wanted to ask you. We had the recent Instagram poll um, about your favorite snack bar. I saw some really good answers, some funny ones. Um, I saw actually speaking of good ones, and I, I was always a big fan of, of the poutine up in Canada. Did you see uh, what's it, Matthew Joseph dumping? He had like made poutine in the top of the cup. Yeah, that the poutine was an eye opener for when I started playing uh, pro. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, you're gonna have poutine," you know. But mo- the the Quebecois poutine is a little bit better than just gravy on fries. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The Chinese food gravy yeah. on fries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my my favorite snack bar. Also, I was always at the rank with my brother, uh, getting dragged around, but. You know, so I was limited to Randolph Frank for a while, and it was it didn't it didn't really you know there's not much to talk about there. Those no, Starburst, yeah, cheddar cheese popcorn. They didn't yeah. have that thing. Remember, you had to lick your fingers. I was yeah. there forever. So we, uh, yeah. So as you played in other ranks, um, Hobbamock rank down in, uh, in Pembroke always had you know a nice variety, um, good soft pretzel bread. Um, yeah, and I, uh, you know, I, I was a fry guy then, not as much now, but really good fries. And Courtney, you know, would go to the ranks because her brother was playing, and she really, really enjoyed Hobmock. So that was like one of the first things we hit it off with when we started dating. What was that? Sorry, <laughs> she, she loved the the snack bar at Hobmock too, because <laughs> she was there for her brother's games. <laughs> first thing we hit it off. Oh, your first date? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, um, oh, that's great. I, I saw a couple. The one that I, that I uh, obviously Mike, the pizza guy, is at Bavis now. He used to be in Canton. Really good. Um, Mike, I call him Papa Corn because he used to. I used to go down when I worked there. And they're like, hey, Brian, hey, you want some Papa Corn? And, and, <laughs> and so I used to, I just, we just called him Papa Corn. Uh, which was great, but he makes a good slice, nice stretches it really thin. He used to own um, Stefano's and on Dorchester Ave and Dot Ave, and um, in in Dorchester, I'm sorry, and and good pizza. He knew he knows what he's doing. He's not afraid to dump a little zambuca in your in your black coffee if you need it first thing <laughs> on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning. Good not that I partake in that before coaching, but uh, I know my 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 father sure has and uh and some of the other dads i know and uh and then skate three is very underrated snack bar in tingsboro mass yeah calzone's good uh fries they got a lot of good stuff bridgewater i didn't see on there they have unbelievable fried dough really good fried dough uh I'm a big fried dough guy. If yeah, there's I, something to be said about a good fried dough. Yeah, a good know. fried dough. And then another one, um, 
a couple people gave Bonnie Perry shout outs down at the Neponset rink. And you know Bonnie, Scotty's younger brother, who yeah. you, you play with Scotty at there, and then Scotty played at BU. Bonnie's worked the snack bar till he was like 32 years old. <laughs> now he's a cop uh, with me, but he, he, he upgraded on the jobs. But I, I would never trust a slice of pizza. They had like the Ilios down there, and Bonnie would probably take a bite of it before he gave it to you. Yeah, so t- uh, it was interesting to see a couple people give him a shout out. Well, taste tester. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. And all the try the try the pizza. It's it's delicious. I just had a bite of yours. I just burnt the top of my roof. <laughs> yeah. The roof of my mouth. Yeah, let that cool down. Yeah, let that cool down. It's a little hot. <laughs> <laughs> I always take bites of my kids' stuff, just saying, making sure it's not poison. You know. Yeah, my so. father's uh, famous line too is the uh, the pizza at the rink. He doesn't call it pizza. He calls it rink steak. <laughs> Well, I don't know where he picked that up along the way, but it'd say to like whoever and my sister would be like, "Hey, Law, how's the uh, how's the rink steak at this place? I'm starving." <laughs> so that's another Buddy Andel special. But all right, let's get into these questions. Good little good little chat there. Yeah. Um, an Instagram from Jimmy. My son's ten years old. Do you think due to the pandemic last year, the kids are a year behind? I don't. I don't think so. I mean. Well, it's across the board. If everyone's a year behind, let's just say schooling, you know, I, that's another whole issue. But everyone has been on kind of like the same uh, page where games weren't played, tournaments were canceled, whatnot. So really, the, the ones who took it upon themselves to try and do something outside in the driveway, driveway, and and work on the skills that way, um, they might be ahead. But overall, I don't, I don't think so. I mean. You can play catch up enough. It's not like it. It was, um, you know, a, a full, you know, full year. It was more of in like a half year. Whereas, you know, in some in some cases, uh, some places weren't as proactive to try and get hockey get uh, to get going. But I would say I I, I wouldn't say it, w- it would it should be a problem. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a problem, especially, I mean, everything from the, the the top all the way down, right? The the colleges and things like that. Everybody's you know, there's a lot of like balls in the air in terms of junior hockey and youth hockey. Kids are going to have to take an extra year and scholarships being affected, roster spots at colleges. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of time to make it up. I think most teams, you know, just because you weren't able to go play in 14 tournaments last year like you normally would like to does not put your team behind the eight ball. I think most organizations, for the most part, were at least get uh, plenty of practices in, um, you know, a handful of games. I mean, I, I can speak for my teams at, you know, they were 9 and 11 last year, let's call it, um, going to be 10 this year. You know, they got plenty of reps in. They got plenty of, they got played plenty of games in. I don't think it was, a you know, a full 60-game schedule, but 40 games at nine years old, eight years old is plenty of hockey. And, you, you, you know, it's a, we've always talked about trust in the process and it's, a, you know, a marathon, not a sprint. I think I think these guys are in pretty good shape. We got another one from Instagram. My son is supposed to be a mite. USA Hockey won't allow him to play up in squirts, even though myself and squirt coaches agree he can play up. What are your thoughts on that rule? Um. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with like insurance stuff uh, for whatever reason. I mean, I know at, if you're a squirt, you can play up in peewees. If you're a peewee, you can you know play up in bantams, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
I mean, I know a lot of it is probably to do with the, the, the cross ice hockey and things like that as well. I think if a kid's good enough and he can play and compete at that level, I don't have a major problem with it. Uh, you know, we've talked plenty about guys playing up a level like it does not need to be done until they're actually dominating that level. So I'm kind of like 50 50 on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just think sometimes it will open up like a can of worms, um, you know, because everyone true. will think that their kid, if they can skate a little bit and, um, you know, skate a little bit better than the than his peers or her peers, you know, at that age. Um, but kids get, you know, caught up to very quickly during different developmental times. And I I just think it would open up a can of worms if they allow it. Um, you know, my age kind of, you know, advice would be if you really want him to play up, you know, play for a club team and see where he, he lands there. But, um, you know, or if there was like some type of board that could, uh, could, you know, independently evaluate, but that's like, just, it's kind of nonsense to, to think like that when USA has that, that situation, that, um, rule in there for a reason. And I don't know the details about the insurance and, and the liability or whatnot, but I, um, yeah, I, I mean, you, there's plenty of places that you can find where you could play up, but, within um usa hockey i guess if it's under usa hockey you can't play up but uh, right I would yeah, wait. which most of these club programs are now so i think that's right. that's kind of what the question is so that's a good point yeah so, yeah yeah wait a year yeah wait a year and dominate go dominate go go you know go prove go out and score a whatever it is you know what i mean you're playing 40 games go out and get 100 goals whatever it may be i play with plenty of kids that at the might age were nasty really really good good hockey players that probably could have been playing up but they panned out just fine playing at their age group i just got a question so if say a kid is getting moved up from peewees to bantams does usa hockey have to approve that or can he just get called up right through just who the teams are uh no i think it's just per organization that they can they can roster if, you know, if they have a, if let, let's just say I have a, a kid that's a 2011 this year, that's a squirt major. That's really good. And the 2010 team wanted him, and he could, you know, play and kind of be an impact player on that team. I think the organization would, you know, can just do it on their own, at least from, you know, my experience as a, as a former hockey director, things could have changed in the last couple of years, but that's, that's all I got for you. Um, Mots, before we get to the next one, I want to talk about TSR Hockey. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is proud to partner with the Rink Shrinks. TSR Hockey is the hockey store that specializes in fitting. TSR fits players correctly to the right gear to maximize each player's performance. TSR team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with the top brands in sports apparel. Ensure that your team looks the best this season by visiting www.tsrhockey.com. One quick thing I want to add to that. I know it's that time of year where, you know, jerseys are uh, are being delivered. There's going to be delays. I mean, all these different equipment um, manufacturers, like everything's kind of behind the eight ball. 
usually it's it's a headache and they try their best i know tsr i know you know there's some other uh places at least in the area that are doing everybody's up against the 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 same challenges and don't be the guy that you know your kid joins a team late and then you whine and why his his stuff isn't there you know september 1st let's call it it's just not going to happen don't be that guy don't be that guy we got another question here from twitter uh, what are your thoughts on summer practices and or training camps that some organizations do? I mean, I think like the two week long summer camps and things like that are kind of a way for ranks to, I'm sorry, organizations to kind of charge more money. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, they, they, they charge a little bit more money. They're, Oh, we're going to add this ice time and things like that. But one thing I wouldn't sacrifice is family vacation, you know, time, away and things like that. I'm not cutting my family vacation uh, short on August 15th because, you know, my kid has a summer practice like that. They're going to get plenty of ice time starting after Labor Day here. Yeah, I I think it it was kind of a goal of ours to get on the ice and get some of the kids acclimated to one another and have some fun, have a cookout afterwards, Um, you know, throughout the summer, but there was nothing in place. Um, you know, consistently, where it was just like one-offs. Um, and you, you kind of nailed it. I think it's just a way to to jack up the price a little bit more if if it's included in the tuition. Um, you know, there's there's some there's some benefits from you know having the the team kind of gel a little bit early and just but as long as it's having you're having fun and it's not like a structured, real structured environment. You get a good skate, you sweat, you move the puck around. You're not, as a coach, you don't totally care about the execution as much as you would in season. But, um, you know, the training camp stuff, there's, you know, I think there's a place for it for, you know, certain ages, you know, to to ramp up a little bit, but I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I was going to say, as you get into like, you know, the, the, you 15, 16, 17s, 18s, you, you know, you playing kind of a a fall season before high school and you want to, get, you know, a few practices and things like that under your belt before that first tournament come Labor Day weekend, which is pretty normal. Uh, I get it. But I don't think it's, you know, at, at nine, ten years old, it's something that is too important and shouldn't be too structured and something, you know, that's too mandatory. Like if if, if people are around and you can make it, you kind of lob it out there. You know what I mean? I be there if you can. If not, no big deal. Uh, next one's an email. I am a U12 coach in Colorado trying to figure out how many tournaments I should be putting my elite level team into this season. What is the right number that you guys think? Love what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. Coach Kelly, uh, he's out in Colorado. Uh, so I, I would always do two tournaments. I mean, when the kids are a little younger, uh, you know, one travel so they can be, you know, away in, in the hotel. And then there was one usually local. Um, you know, some teams like to do more, but we had plenty of ice, plenty of good competition in our league. So we didn't have to chase anything else, but it's good to break it up. I think so one kind of before Christmas, one after what, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think two is a good number, uh, especially at the younger age groups as they get older, you know, peewees, bantams, um, you know, maybe three, but you know, obviously everybody loves going on on the road and doing, you know, a couple nights stay at a hotel and things like that. Those are always fun. But I, I don't think um, you have to get too caught up in, in 
going and traveling three, four times a year. I know, you know, some geographical locations, it's a little more difficult, right. um, but at least, you know, speaking for us in a, you know, kind of so-called hockey hotbed, uh, I think two to three is kind of the, the, the maximum. Yeah, that's probably the case uh, out in Colorado. Coach Kelly is up against, you know, trying to find consistent uh, competition. But if if you do have to do more uh, because of that geographical stuff, then, you know, definitely take into account. But you just don't want to be, you know, putting it on the parents to shell out X amount, you know, seven, eight times a, a season. You know, it can add up. Um, but it is good for the kids to dominate the pool every once in a while. Yeah, crush the mini hockey, get the Franklin foldable uh, foldable mini hockey nets, and, and you're all set. There you go. Another thing you can save 20% off on. There you go. So this one here is, uh, at what age do you guys think it's important to start to have a full sheet of practice and no longer just split ice? My program in New Hampshire doesn't start getting one full sheet and one half ice practice till peewees. Interested to hear your thoughts. I, think I mean, honestly, our, yeah, I, I don't think that's terrible. Uh, uh, what do you think? I mean, for a peewee, I mean, that you can get a lot done on a half ice as far as <clears throat> you just have to get a little more creative. I think, you know, the, the yeah. flow drills have to be abbreviated. Um, you can still have a lot of good puck movement drills. You know, you can do small area games. Um, the full sheet sometimes doesn't get as, you know, used as much. When you even, you know, at that age, you know, like you're, you might do a full ice flow drill, but you could, you could accomplish the same goals and in the uh, half ice scenario, you just have to kind of reconstruct it a little bit. Usually that's how I feel that that, because we've had split ice and you, um, you can get it done. I mean, I I don't know. I think peewees is, is, is a good age for that one half, one full. Yeah. To be honest, you know. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, uh, last year I was fortunate enough to have, um, even at the square at minor level, I had a, I had two goalies, which really helped the full ice stuff. Uh, right. And so I, I did have one full sheet and I thought it helped. It helped us, you know, playing different games and, you know, even like bringing the net, nets up, playing three on three, four on four, kind of not like full ice, but bringing the nets up just inside the blue lines and things like that and having those two goalies. So, I mean, I like it. I think at the squirt age, if you can get a full sheet, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be every week, but if you can mix one in here and there so you can get them moving some pucks around and, and, and doing things like that, it's definitely uh, – and get them skating. I, I, I think it's – I don't see any any – negative negativity towards it i think it i think it can be beneficial so um you know i think by squirt major peewee minor adding that that you know at least one um one full ice practice definitely can be helpful i, I mean i i definitely have seen some some benefits in it I, I, the worst is not having two goalies though you got to have two goalies out there yeah i agree well one guy uh that was really good in small area games and and three on three, uh, John Heffernan of the Lee and Heffernan Group at uh, Compass Real Estate. These silky guys, mitts, silky, yeah, mitts. silky, silky mitts. Um, both Jameson and John played high school hockey and joined up as teammates for the Lee and Heffernan Group with Compass Real Estate. Uh, they've been working as a team navigating the intense Massachusetts real estate market. And when you're looking to spend the money that, you know, 
you have to spend to buy a house now, it, it's it's really important to have trusted people. And these two guys are, are very intelligent on, on the markets and as well as people just uh, trustworthy, giving good information. And um, if you're looking to buy a house, uh, that these are your guys, you know, t- two solid guys um, on the golf course, on the ice, and in life. So uh, we thank them for joining up with the Ring Shrinks and partnering up with us. Yeah, make sure you guys give them a a follow, Mots. What's their uh, their Instagram at Lee and Heffernan Group, um, and their website is www.leeandheffernangroup.com. Uh, they do a really good job. I actually i was I was checking out their Instagram. They have a really nice house for sale down in Situate Harbor, Lighthouse Road, and uh, brought me back. I spent a year down there. I you know yeah. nice spot. I wish I wish I could afford it now, yeah. but. Great yeah. spot down there. Yeah, you got to have goals. Yeah, those guys are you know great guys, great uh, great hockey players, and good. And, uh, they they know their way around the the real estate market. That's for sure. Yeah, and as far as uh, cross country mortgage, you need a, a solid mortgage when buying a house. You know, if you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devon and see if it makes sense for you. Many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on their monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may be able to help you save some money on a monthly basis to put more money into savings or other projects. Check them out at chrisdevin.com and he and the team at Cross Country can let you know if they can save you some money. Cross Country Mortgage LLC, NMLS number 47305. Yeah, Devo, uh, I told you I got the project going on the front of my house right now. They knocked it. They they knocked down the whole front porch and all that. And I mm-hmm. talked to Devo. He's helped you know help me save some money and refinance and all that stuff to to pay some of those bills. So we're putting a little new new porch on. It it just had to be done. So uh, having a you know a chat with Devo and those guys are uh, very very helpful. That's for sure. All right. What do we uh, what do we got next, Mots? We got a uh, oh a two parter. Two uh, I got it. Instagram. Uh, what at what age should my son make the transition from a learn to skate into a learn to play slash cross ice program? And is the next step a development team or you know might hockey? Um, it's pretty pretty black and white, really, isn't it? Uh, for yeah, it depends on. I, I guess the hottest thing now at this point is if you if your son say son or daughter starts skating at like six or seven years old. You know what I mean? Like, cause right. then you're, oh, you're yeah, yeah. a little bit older, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty, pretty standard if they, you know, if they get in early enough through the instructional, you know, it's really about just getting on the skates and, and getting a, a level of comfort, pushing the, crate, pushing the crate around. Yeah. Get the uh, equipment on and see how they can, uh, you know, respond to, to getting around the ice. Um, you know, I know, down here in Duxbury, they do a really good job. So that's why I'm not a, I'm not fully aware of other programs, but they do a great job with the instructional. And then the second half of the year, they do the cross ice. Yeah. So like, it kind of just, you know, leads into it. Um, you know, there's varying skill levels. Some kids pick it up faster than others. But to your point about someone p- picking up, you know, the game a little later, um, you know, like my daughter didn't stop playing until she was 13, you know, 12, 13. And, uh, you know, she had a tough time finding spots, but like we found a, a team and, you know, she, she worked at it, but 
Um, more often than not, it's it's a, a smoother transition if you get into that early instructional and you'll you'll kind of naturally progress. Right. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy. And I think that, you know, most of these programs um, now have, you know, whether it's a town team and it's a, you know, you, you graduate from that learn to play cross ice program into a, you know, might see team, which would, you know, technically be like your development program for a select program, uh, select organization. So I think most of them, you know, once they hit, you know, what is it, probably six years old, seven years old are, are playing on a development team and then into or, or might see C team and then into the, um, you know, that, you know, first year technically, you know, you, you technically have two years of each great age group, but mites is one where you technically could have like four of them. Right. <laughs> Uh, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so we, we have another question here. Um, what advice do you have for a father with a son who just barely learning to walk? Should I focus on skating now? So maybe one day he makes it to the show kind of like a Tiger Woods like regimen on Oprah Winfrey show at three years old. It wasn't Oprah Winfrey. It was like the Ed McMahon show or something or no, no. Uh, Johnny Carson. Yeah, 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 exactly. He was probably uh, on Oprah too, though. Yeah, at some point. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, maybe just stop massaging the legs. Make sure he stays limber until he he, he can get some muscle and instead uh, walking first. Yeah, I mean, especially like when you're changing the diapers and things like that, <laughs> you want to make sure you get good hamstring stretches in, uh, loosen up the hip flexes, things like that. You know what I mean? You don't want to. You don't want that kid to be tight and not be able to touch his toes like myself. Yeah, I actually did did a lot of stretching with the right guy when I was changing his diaper. <laughs> <laughs> he can't. He can barely touch his toes, so, uh, so that, it I guess work. it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that's unreal. The uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, speaking of Buddy Andel, when they when they get you know two years old and they start put the skates on and have them start walking around the, the, the rug in the kitchen or, or the living room. You know what yeah. I mean? Get test out the ankles and then go from there. Yeah. No, I did that. That's, I mean, the earlier, the better when you just get exposing them to uh, that one little blade that they're going to be walking around on. And then when you get on the ice, but like, that's, that's the fun part. You know, it's what, gonna, what's your opinion on double runners to start? Nah, no good. Yeah. Not no. a double runner guy. No. Yeah, I don't like the double runners. And the other thing, like if your kid's not potty trained, probably not a good idea to start learning to skate. Right. Because I've had I've, I've had a couple of those incidents. Like kids looking at me like, uh, I just took a crap in my pants. Like can barely <laughs> tell you. Like, well, I can't help you there, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, I think we got a couple voicemails. Oh, let's get into it. Yeah, why don't we tee that up, Jersey? What's up, boys? So I got a question for you. It's men's men's league related, but I guess uh, it's worthy of talking about. So tonight I had my uh, semifinals game tonight, and this other kid on the other team is calling everything, like offsides, icing, and the refs are obliging to it. So kid ends up scoring a goal, and... I'm late getting back, and I kind of give him a little two-hand cross-check, and I end up kind of getting him in a tough spot. But 
he was all right overall, and we ended up winning the game, so we're moving on to the championship. Not a big deal, yes. Honk. Uh, anyway, just your thoughts on uh, players calling, you know, offsides, icing, penalties, and how often have you seen the refs give out those calls when players on the other team or even on your team are uh, calling for certain calls and they end up getting called? Because that seems pretty annoying to me. But, hey, it's men's league in Massachusetts. What else do you expect? Thanks, boys. See ya. Yeah, so it absolutely uh, bothers me when I see players acting as refs. You know, so whether it be at the highest level or men's league. But, you know, I'm, like, focused on the game. Like, especially when the kids are doing it. You know, I'm I'm like, all right, if he missed a call and, and you got your arm up, you know, like it was an offside and you miss a play because of it, you know, that's on you because obviously the, the refs are human and they'll make mistakes, but the, 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 the chatter, you know, and then getting the call, it's kind of Bush league, you know, immense league. What do you think? Yeah. I hate it. I hate when, <laughs> when referees do it. I hate when players do it. It drives me absolutely nuts. Um, I mean, it's one thing if you're sitting right on the line and you hear like, you know, off if it's offsides or something like that. Don't I love how he slid in the cross checking the guy from behind? <laughs> like, 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 he Dale hunted him. Yeah, he Dale hunted him. Which, which that's that's always good stuff. I like that. Um, especially in men's league, you got to get the get the fans involved. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that that drives me nuts. I remember one time we were at with baseball. One of my buddies is is he's pretty loud. And one of the coaches for the other team, it was like, this was like nine year old baseball. And the coach, every pitch was like, strike, like, you know, pulling that nonsense. So my buddy who's, I was coaching with is like loud, like very, very loud. And, uh, he he started doing the same thing. He's like, "Oh, great pitch!" Like, "Whoa, that's a beauty!" You know what I mean? And just like influencing this like probably eleven, twelve year old kid that was umping an eight year old <laughs> baseball game. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" I was ready to rip my hair out. Like between both sides, you know what I mean? My buddy was only doing it because the other coach was acting like a clown. You know what I mean? So it uh, yeah, it's just obnoxious every which way in, in sports. There's nothing worse than parents yelling from the stands about calls, kids running into each other. Oh, it's a check. You know, it, at, at all levels, uh, there's nothing worse. If you're at a Bruins game and the, the, the guys in the crowd are screaming, whether it's shoot it or whether it's, you know, a penalty, you know, tripping, slashing, you, you name it. It's it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? That's Jersey Shore, 100% in the stands. Uh, quick quick story from uh, softball over the weekend. So oh, this, Jesus. So the, uh, I swear to God, I'm going to keep it quick. So this kid on the other team, every time there was an out, he would be like, all right, guys, one dead, one dead, or like two dead, two dead. <laughs> this kid on my team started going, nope, nobody's dead. There's one out. Nope, nobody's dead. There's two outs. Oh, God. <laughs> Grow up, Jersey. Hey, up. You sure you never want to come play with us? No, I'm good. All right. I'm good. All right. We got another one, I think. Hey, guys. How you doing? Love your show. Uh, calling from Toronto, Ontario. Just a quick question about tryouts. I run a U10 AA program. Uh, this is our first year going to full ice. Last year, we were cross ice or uh, pre-pandemic. And our roster size was a lot larger. So we have a lot of people, a lot of kids in our program 
that are hoping to make the jump to double A and have been with us for a really long time. Um, the question I have is, uh, what's the best way to let these kids down? What's the best way to make cuts at tryouts? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Great question. I'm glad. Uh, nice, nice to get a little, you know, guy above the border calling in. Yeah. So I just think it's going to be difficult no matter what. I mean, you're going to have to have some tough conversations with parents. I don't know if you, you, I mean, you're t- talking to the parents more than anything, but you spin it as positive as you can about, you know, not fitting in, you know, to the numbers game or whatever. Like playing you, at the right level, though. Playing at the right level, exactly. Like when you get to having the have those numbers, and there's a lot of participation. That's good for a program, but you do have to make decisions as a coach, and that's you know sometimes difficult. Um, and you have relationships with these parents, these kids, and you know how they are away from the rank, and it can be it can be very tough, but. Um, you know, I think you just be honest and, and, you know, kind of let them, let them down as, as easy as you can by, you know, always putting in a little positive. Yeah. I think put in positive, but I also think don't drag out the process much yeah. either. Right. Like I'd rather, I'd rather get hit right between the eyeballs than, than, you know, like tell me a week later or, or something like that. You know what I mean? I'd rather have an honest upfront conversation with basically everybody on the team and say, Hey, this is where we see you. This is where we see you fitting in. Um, you know, if these kids show up to tryouts, you know, you're our, you know, we have you as like our 14th, 15th, 16th guy, whatever it may be. So, you know, and then come trial time, you, you, you make those, you know, it's, it, it's definitely not easy. It's not an easy decision, but I would say just, you know, be honest and and be upfront about it. Let them know, let them know as, as as soon as possible that so that they can you know make plans to go to another organization. It may be. I know there's a you know there's a lot of that that happens. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. And then I would also you know add in that you know sometimes playing at you know what did he say double A level like hey you know explain the positives of being one of the better players on the single A level team. You know what I mean or the yeah, the B that- team whatever it may be. Exactly. That, Go like, down that. there and dominate, and and you know you well, see the, you know it's ten year old hockey that none of these kids are going to the NHL next week. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, all right. Before we get to our next question, again, that was the those voicemails are good. We love we love having those. We appreciate those phone calls. Um, and that was good stuff. It really was. I appreciate it. But I want to talk to you guys about Skit Scott. Uh, Skit Scott is a new video based social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skit Scott's feature rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. The platform allows users to use augmented reality filters, picture-in-picture, layered audio, and other editing tools found only in costly movie production rooms to express themselves in a short video. Skitscott is also a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. Skitscott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. This app is made in the USA. T notes, yeah, he, he shot me a message. He played in the the member guest against my dude. They want some dough. Yeah, my brother in law and father in law played against them. They said they're lighting it up. Is uh, his buddy there, Kenny's nephew, right, uh, Donovan? Yeah, uh, 
Andrew, yep. Andrew Donovan, I guess, is a stick. But T-Notes, thanks for the support here. And uh, check out Skit Scott and uh, keep working on that golf game. Yeah, I can only imagine what your father in law <laughs> He's like, he's nuts. He's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, he's the best, though, right? Oh, he's oh, classic. Yeah, yeah no, that, uh, <laughs> that's great. I talked to him. He said he had a blast down at the tournament, and, uh, and he was telling me that he played against uh, – your father-in-law and, and, and brother-in-law. That's great. Uh, what's the next question, Mots? Uh, you guys talk about uh, playing other sports other time at other times, but what about your thoughts on kids playing instruments? I'm more of a singer, me personally. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, bumblebee, that's how... bumblebee, bumblebee. <laughs> Uh, and I sing all the wrong words. I tried to pick up the guitar and, uh, you know, the positives behind playing an instrument, you know, you're using different skills, like more mental and, you know, the, the physical skills that go along with it as well. Uh, but I think that playing an instrument gives a great break to, you know, athletic sport, you know, so it gives your body a, a physical rest, but also it, it, it gets your mind going. And if you start reading music and, and kind of opening up those doors, it, it, it can only help you um, just be more of a well-rounded person and, and just maybe unlock some, some different things uh, athletically as well on the mental side. Um, I'm tone deaf and have no rhythm. So it, it didn't really pan out uh, on the musical side, but I think it's great because it, it gives kind of like a distraction to um, not so much distraction, but like another way to, um, you know, spend your time and, and the discipline it takes to really work at something, break through some certain plateaus that you reach in these, in, when you start picking up an instrument, I think it's all positive stuff. So I think that's a great question and, and a great um, kind of way to, you know, outside the box, other than playing other sports, you can, you can it can supplement other sports as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 a no brainer. And you know, for all the young listeners out there, I mean, I played with a few guys that were pretty musically talented, and they always, you know, had their way with with you know picking up the ladies, right? But, <laughs> uh, that that you know, if you're able to play the guitar, a piano, or whatever it may be, they they sure as heck uh, do okay, and in, in, in that department so i think um you know like i said it's another way another relief right to get your mind away from the rank and you know it can be a great way to kind of relax you see um you know ryan o'reilly he always talks about you know playing the guitar and things like that and every city he goes to he buys a guitar and things like that and he you know it's just a way to to get away and for you know your mental health right it's a you know, it's just a, a, a great, great, you know, way to, you know, relieve and get away from the game and learn something new. It's, you know, very similar to playing another sport. So I, I'm a, you know, I think it's great. You know, unfortunately, my kids all have my, um, like you said, you know, being tone deaf and, and <laughs> uh, obviously I'm definitely not a singer and I can barely remember how to read, never mind singing the correct words to songs and things like that. But I look at guys like Rob Bellamy and, you know, Brian Skelly from Dalton and the Sheriffs and those guys, like they do an unbelievable job. And a lot of those guys have, have hockey backgrounds. I know, you know, um, Mark Robage, who, um, is the lead singer in OAR crazy game of polka. He's another guy like his kids are really into hockey. He's a fan of the show and you know, he's, 
I mean, to have that musically, you know, talent and, you know, and to be that into something is, is, is so important. So it's a, uh, it's good stuff, really good stuff. There's, there's, there's a lot of athletes, I think that, that, you know, are, are really into it. So it's a great question. Yeah. we got a, a long one here that I'll, I'll paraphrase. Um, we got, we got Tom um, originally from Boston out in Minnesota. Uh, when he was younger, there was a, uh, a game that, Went the other way with the refs. Uh, this is pretty good, though. A dad uh, took his Dunkin' Donuts uh, cup of coffee, threw it on the ice, and uh, the ref stopped the game and asked who did it. He stood up proudly and said he threw it and uh, that he'd be waiting in the parking lot for him. And I'm the I'm the one with the truck and the de- with the dead deer in the back. <laughs> so uh, so they ended up losing. Um, you know, the, the his mom had him uh, mail the uh, – silver medal back to uh to the tournament because they didn't want any reminder from the game but fast forward he's in minnesota playing in uh, moorhead at the cullen center so matt cullen i played with a uh, super guy he has a beautiful facility out there um so again getting a little rough nothing crazy and uh, this is a bantam game and uh, in the second period the goalie uh, kind of turns and falls awkwardly on his shoulder shoulder and the play continues the other team scores on the empty net while the goalie's down in pain and he's tending to him with the trainer, uh, the ref informed him that the goalie's uh, dad had opened the door and started screaming. This is what happens when you don't call anything. And he was adamant about what the team uh, should have done on the power play, but his, no one had touched the goalie. So there's like a couple different stories there, but we love uh, everyone sending in. But what his question is, what is the worst parent behavior you have come across and how can we best as parents or coaches avoid ugly scenes like this love the show keep up the good work i love the goalie's dad trying to call penalties on his kid that that stretches out and falls down and 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 hurts himself that that's pretty interesting yeah so i mean just if if you can you know take that just don't be that guy. Don't don't overreact. Don't be that guy. That's don't very that. put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, we uh, we we talk at length about you know being an adult and parenting, and obviously the emotion of the games get involved. And in as a coach, it's very important to kind of stay level headed, so that the kids can see how level headed you they should be reacting to some negative situations. It goes for parents as well. You know, I, I understand. You know, everyone cares for their son or daughter very much on the ice, and if something they feel that they got harmed. It's, it, it is emotional. And, you know, I've been in that position before, but it's how you respond and how you react. So, um, you know, we've had some, some doozies back, you know, when I was growing up, there was a, a, a couple dads that fought and rolled down the stairs and, you know, got in a nice dust up because of what was going on in the game. Uh, I was a young kid, more of a younger kid. Well, I was at my brother's game. But then they just got back up and went to the, the separate ways and finished watching the game. There was nothing else there. You know, it was like pretty impressive. Did he have a deer on his car outside? I don't know. No, no. But, you know, I mean, everyone kind of escalates it uh, to the point of like yelling. And, you know, that's not the behavior that you want to see in a rank, especially in a youth hockey uh, environment. But I would say just, you know, kind of take a breath, you know, even if something is you know, uh, like an egregious, you know, harm on your son or daughter, just make sure that you're, you're trying to react appropriately. Yeah. And at the end of the day, don't be that guy. Right. So all you coaches that are listening and, and, you know, 
getting ready for your preseason meetings and things like that. And we'll talk more and more about that in the next couple of weeks here as you get prepared for the season and some expectations and things like that that you should have for your your parents and, and you as a coach as well. But just don't be that guy, right? Everybody wants what's best for their children, but don't be the guy that's going out and opening the door and yelling at the referees or be the guy that's, you know, screaming for the offsides call or the tripping penalty and things like that. Like it's embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing your kid. And it's funny, like you said, you see some of the most like successful people that are, you know, guys that, uh, you know, I've seen in the ranks that are lawyers and doctors and things like that. And they're, complete lunatics when they hit the rink it, it's insane like so uh they wouldn't like that it, it if they were standing in their law office yelling and screaming that's for sure so i would be wary of that and just make sure that you're not that guy very very well said mott um there's another one here uh question for coaching on the younger level some days the energy just isn't there with the team and the kids are just going through the motions do you have do you have a go-to drill to amp up the energy or do you call practice or should you just put a little fire, fire under there, you know what, and uh, have them skate line to line, Herb Brooks style? What do you think, Mots? Uh This is a good one because you do have to keep in, in mind, uh, you know, kids, I don't know what age uh, we're talking about here, but. You know, you go through this where the kids are to the younger, younger age. So, right. Yeah. Let's say it's under, under, under 12. Yeah. Um, Pick that up. Yeah. We get, there's like, you know, school that's involved, you know, a long day at school. They they go to practice. They could be, you know, the dog days of the, um, of the season or whatever. There could be a a number of excuses as to why they're distracted or, or don't have energy. But if you can make a fun drill, like in just in instead of you know reacting and and skating them, which you know that's like the easy knee jerk reaction as a coach, um, you know make a fun drill, have a relay race, have a shootout, and then get back into the practice. And like you know the, the kids, the kids will appreciate that. I think um, it happened to our group a lot. Um, you know there was a shiny thing that you know caught someone's eye, and they're not paying attention, or they're just they're lackluster, and it does happen. You know that's not uncommon so if you can kind of counteract that by doing something fun it it might light a fire might not but it also will show that you have a good pulse on the team and and you you do care about the kids and then if you know there's a disciplinary thing and that's when you i think you can you can give them a little more stern skate yeah i mean i wouldn't say that kind of you know doing a couple skating drills and kind of whipping you know if you're very frustrated and passes on crisp and things like that and you want to say hey guys like you know a couple board to boards or something like that yeah it, it may help snap. them a little bit yeah, yeah it's like not snap out of it a little bit yeah. but i think like you said as a coach you got to get the best you know you, you got to feel the vibes and the energy of the team and in keeping the fun keeping it fresh and that's why you know that it's a long season there's a lot of hockey there's a lot of practices i don't know the exact number uh, but they're on the ice quite a bit. So that burnout fa- factor or that boring factor uh, can definitely happen, especially if they're doing the same things over and over again. But keeping practices light, uh, light and loose and having fun out there, I think, is the key. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, structure, a lot of small area games, a lot of shooting drills, a lot of passing, a lot of things where they're touching pucks and not just doing the, the same old boring go around the cone stuff. 
that's where things really get kind of aggravated. And, and, and also you see, if you have good structure, you see kids stop misbehaving in line and, and kind of get bored, especially at the younger age groups, right? That ADHD factor kicks in and forget about it. The next thing you know, one kid's tomahawking another one over the helmet with the stick. Yeah, you just throw a little wrinkle in there, like have them do somersaults, do, you know, like I said, relay race, like, but you're getting them skating, you know, so they have to stop and come back and slide across the line, do something creative enough where, you know, it's not the norm. And I'm sure that, that's what I did. And I got some results and um, hopefully you can apply it to your group. Yeah, that's great. Mots, I, I know the next one's a little long, but you want to touch on it. Our buddy from Jersey that sent us an email. Yeah. So, um, he listens to the pod with his son on the way to practice. Uh, U16 travel team, you know, a little bit of travel in there. Um, he was just talking about some of the rule changes that we touched on uh, a bunch of episodes ago. But, uh, you know, the one where you can't ice the puck when the other team is on the power play uh, when you're on the PK. So that's one he was just asking us about what we thought about it. Um, the uh, automatic offsides, no uh, touch up. I, um, offside and then they moved the the minute um minutes to 50 i don't know from 15 to 17 minutes per period and so he just thought good for more playing time uh, but the game has been extended to an hour and a half and the flow of the game has stopped a bit um you know you kind of referenced the going from the little diamond to the big diamond but uh, i hope you guys could spread spread some uh, knowledge and understanding from the developmental side of the game yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we, we kind of broke that down a few episodes ago. I, I forget exactly which one, but um, I mean, it's a good question. I think the the automatic offsides, especially once you get to the, the older levels, I think his son was a U16. I, I, I just I don't see the, the real benefit in that. I think, you know, playing touch up offsides kind of the way we grew up has always been beneficial. We talked about a lot about the negatives and, you know, kids just throwing the puck in, taking the automatic whistle and getting changed up. So that the, the game, even though you're adding time, is actually going to be even way longer when they the, the amount of whistles that are going to get thrown into it. So I'm not a huge fan of that really at any level. And, um, you know the second one, the 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 icing on the on the penalty kill. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that as well. I, I know that's been something that's been beat up quite a bit, but I'm not a big fan of fan of it. I think that at the end of the day, you know, I know if we have good players, and you know, you know, I, I have teams with good players. I'm going to tell them, you know, try to get the red line, try to get it and 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 get it deep so that we can get a change. But worst case scenario, if we have to throw it off the glass and get the puck all the way down and take an icing, we'll we'll regroup and get four fresh guys out there and go, you know, and react from there. Yeah, try I, to win I, a draw in the D zone. Right. I can I can see like the rationale or like the the basis of of why the rules are in place, but um, you know, at the younger age groups, it's very difficult for a defenseman to backpedal and gain time and space and not dump it in when you're the last guy back and you know, they want to you know, um encourage skill development and puck touches and and try to be creative, but more often than not it's like a quick bang bang play, it's back in the in the zone and it's it's a it's a whistle it stinks you know i if like i think we mentioned this if there was some type of hybrid or some type of you know like threshold with it where kids are coming out of the zone they see the puck coming out of the zone but it's within like five feet it could be like a modified hybrid tag up 
but if they're by the top of the circles, it's an automatic. So, you know, so there is just like a little give and take. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that, I'm, we're just one voice, you know. We're but just they, one voice. Yeah. Two so voices. The, <laughs> so then uh, collective. Collective. That's right. One That's voice. right. So, yeah, you know, the icing stuff is you, you nailed it on the head. But I, I don't know. I, I'm just I just think they're the development. So to get back to is kind of I, I I get what they're trying to do, but I don't think that it actually will help with the development of a player. So that's my, my two pennies. Mike drop, drop the Yeti. <laughs> uh, all right, Mott. So that's, you know, that's a wrap for the show. Um, 32 episodes doing pretty well here. Um, once again, you know, thank you to our sponsors, Franklin sports, TSR hockey, uh, cross country mortgage, the Lee Heffernan group, compass real estate, um, skit Scott, and, um, you know, once again, there's the, the online store is still open. I talked to those guys up at TSR who's doing the apparel for us. So that's still open. You can still purchase uh, some of that swag that we got for sale out there. So um, the links in our, our Instagram bio, but, you know, I'll give you it. It's rinkshrinks21.itemorder.com slash sale. Uh, like I said, that's also in the Instagram bio. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Rink Shrinks and Twitter at Rink Shrinks. Uh, fill up the voicemail. We got a couple this week, but uh, we got you know we'll ha- we'll have a guest coming on with us next week, and then you know two weeks from now, uh, fill up that voicemail. You know from now until then, three four seven six shrink. Again, that's three four seven six seven four seven four six five. Or you can email us any questions rinkshrinks at gmail dot com. Uh, Again, try to keep those email questions because we have been getting, you know, a lot of interactive, um, you know, Instagram and Twitter and things like that. The emails are great. I know everybody wants to tell kind of the backstory, but, you know, as you could tell, Mott's had to paraphrase a few of them because to for us to be sitting there reading for two and a half minutes would put most of you to sleep. <laughs> I like the backstories, but yeah, just, just tighten it up a little bit. But overall, we really appreciate you guys reaching out and some really good questions and topics that we can talk about. And as the hockey season starts off, uh, kicks off here, we'll have plenty more to, to talk about on the uh, education and, and eyes and ears open at the ranks. Yeah, definitely. So uh, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, all right, Dave, cue the rink shrink shuffle. Oh,